Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, Ryan and I break down the new slate of DC movies, a.k.a. Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. Zooming into our medium shot now. First up, let's ask the big question. Did they need this reboot? Um. Hmm. <laughs> now that you put it in a context. Before we let's kind of go like, on to talk about yeah. what they're doing in the reboot, did they need this in the first place, you think? Were they in such bad... I'm kind of swaying yes or no a little bit because if they were doing Snyder's universe, I don't think they need the reboot. But if they were going off of 2017 Justice League, I feel like kind of, yeah, because it was in this weird spot where... The original Justice League was just kind of trash. It what didn't have like a real impact. So why would we want to see another Justice League of these people again? But then also, again, the Black Adam thing happened with uh with Henry Cavill being there. He shows up. He looks freaking amazing, and people like really excited to see Henry Cavill back on the mantle for Superman. And um, so they were excited for maybe a new more extended universe in set in this universe, especially with Superman versus Black Adam, and maybe we'll get Ben Affleck back. Maybe we'll get I don't know, maybe we'll get a, a really good superhero, uh, Superman movie maybe with all the other we'll get, maybe get Darkseid finally, or maybe we'll even get a Brainiac. That was a concept that I thought would be cool. But I, uh, I don't really know if they were going with the 2017 kind of, because it didn't feel like and I know there's an argument for this, but it didn't feel like with all these DC EU properties that they were together in a universe because yeah. Shazam was set and during a certain day. Both the Wonder Womans were set in either the uh, First World War or the 80s. Aquaman, I think, is set after Justice League. I haven't seen yes. it. Yeah. Ben Affleck said he was coming back to do a Batman movie. They never did a Batman movie. Uh, so, yeah, it's just been kind of one big mess. So, in a way... I would say, yeah, just to have a clean state, let's start over. Um, but also, I hate that Harry Cavill is gone. Okay. Did I want this reboot? I'll say no. Did they need this reboot? I'll say yes. I think I'm in the minority in saying that I liked what DC was doing these last couple of years. I enjoyed that as a counterbalance to Marvel, most of their movies were standalone projects that very loosely connected. You could have Jason Momoa be Aquaman in the theatrical Justice League by Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder's Justice League, his Aquaman 1 and 2, very vague references. You could have Margot Robbie be in the Suicide Squad movies, but also in Birds of Prey, and it didn't really met like you knew there was some correlation there but it's just margot robbie playing harley quinn you know it, it, like the actors mm -hmm. kind of carried the projects through so it didn't it didn't matter what the movies were or or uh or what overall like there was no overall story which i know a lot of people hated but i i just liked that every movie was trying to do its own thing once again i i didn't care that ben affleck was going to be in a justice league movie but that they're bringing back Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton for um, 
They're bringing back Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton for the Flash movie while Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves are doing their movie over here. You got Jared Leto's Joker while Joaquin Phoenix's Joker's doing his thing over here. You know, objectively, it looks like a mess. But you also got some of the best superhero movies I've seen in years that way. Like, one of my favorites was, while well, talking about James Gunn, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Or The Suicide Squad. Far superior to the original in every way. And did it connect to the original? Yeah. But so loosely, you wouldn't have even needed to see the original. It, it didn't matter. You could just go to these movies and like them for what they were. Like, And the more you knew about this universe, the better, obviously. So, yeah, did I want it? No, not really. I liked these standalone things they were doing. But did they need it? Yes. Because I think DC as a brand has been damaged for a very, very long time in the mass public eye. Most people I talk to still, you bring up DC, and they have this hesitation like, oh, DC, Marvel's crappy younger brother who just can't seem to get ahead. And I'm like, have you watched a DC movie since Batman v Superman? No. Well, there you go. You haven't even seen the good ones. You gave up when the universe was early. And to be fair, I like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. We just did a whole podcast on it a couple weeks ago, but it got off to a rocky start in the public eye, let's be honest. And it never, the brand image never really recovered with the universe they were going for. I liked it. A lot of people liked it. But, you know, to all the Snyderverse lovers out there, that the brand was so tainted. Like, we're, we're a small minority, let's face it. We need a reset. They needed to hit the reset button, clear house, and just move forward. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess. It is, it is a strange, um, it is such a strange mess because, again, we've talked about this in the past, but I don't honestly believe there was ever a clear path for the DC movies, and they always, no matter uh, whenever they got backlash, whenever they made a movie, they always tried to do, they always tried to fix it reactive. in the sequel to that movie. Reactive yeah, it's very reactive, which is never, is never great. Happened with the Star Wars sequels, and it happened here with the DC movies. Like what happened in uh, Man of Steel when people complained about how so many people died in Metropolis? They make a whole sequel. They made about it the a, consequences of that. Yeah. But, but also, what I mean by that is in Batman v Superman, they make it a point twice to say, this area and this town and this part of the town has been abandoned. No civilians are going to get hurt here. And then they, and then in Justice League 2017, it was more lighthearted because people thought Batman v Superman was way too dark. So it's, it's, that's the type of reactive filmmaking that I think will not bring people back to this universe. And uh, it did need a reboot to stop that type of filmmaking. Yeah. Now, it, it does sadden me that a lot of the actors are going to be replaced. Although we, but it's kind of up in the air right now. We know Henry Cavill's out. Mm -hmm. We, we know some people like Viola Davis and Amanda Waller are still in. Uh, we know some other movies are wrapping up. We know Aquaman 2 is coming out. Shaz Shazam 2. It's unclear with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Shazam 2 is coming out. Aquaman 2 is coming out. Um, so there are a couple of the, uh, the Flash movie with Ezra Miller still coming out. So we know there are a couple of holdouts still coming out, but that they don't connect to the new slate. So maybe they'll still be the same actors in the reboot. Maybe they won't, which 
we'll probably cover a little bit specifically when we get to the first Superman movie, because we have some thoughts on Henry Cavill's exit, obviously. Just, we'll have to <laughs> compare a little bit about our expectations, about what we wanted to see versus what we're getting. But, yeah, we just, there's a lot we don't know right now. But, you know what, let's get into our close-up, and if you don't know what we're talking about at all here, sorry. Where have you been? <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but, uh, that'd be my reaction to it. Yeah, so just for a little bit of context here, filmmaker James Gunn and producer Peter Safran have become co-CEOs of the newly formed DC Studios, which is now separate from Warner Brothers. Not, you know, Warner Brothers is still the parent company, and they still report to Warner Bros. board, but... Like Marvel Studios is with Disney, they just they kind of do their own thing now. And I think that was a huge problem facing DC before, was that Warner never really knew what to do with them. It was basically an entire universe that they could have formed, like Marvel, where you had entire teams of executives and filmmakers just focused on this one universe, but they were still treating it like just random movies that Warner Brothers produces. They didn't see enough potential in it to split it off into its own division. And I think that's why we got so many course-correcting problems, was because there were too many cooks in the kitchen. You were, they, they didn't really want to focus up on anything. There was no clear direction. You kept getting all these heads of Warner Bros. getting switched around every couple of years, and then there was this big buyout with Discovery, and they cleaned house, which was very controversial. They did a mass level of uh, layoffs and cancellations of projects, most infamously the Batgirl movie. Uh, so, yeah, this is this new DCU is going to be coming in the midst of, uh, what do they call it? <laughs> Just uh, scorched earth policy here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So some people are hopeful for this new universe. Other people are more uh, hesitant just because it's so new and, you know, fans obviously hate new stuff. They tend to crave what they already know, which is funny to me because people bitched for 10 years about the Snyderverse and now that it's gone, people only seem to want it back. I don't get it. <laughs> but it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I don't think it's because maybe the Snyder fans, they only watch like the extended cuts exclusively. The good ones. <laughs> and when yeah. you watch the extent that yeah, like the good ones, then you're like, yeah, this is a great universe. But no one in their right mind would sit in a movie theater for four and a half hours unless they were like there were had to be intermissions during the movie. Yes. Yes. Like I, I'm wondering what. Like, what, uh, if Snyder, if the tragedy didn't happen with his daughter, what 2017 Justice League would look like if he stayed on? Because I don't think the four-hour film would have happened. Maybe it would have been, like, a part one, part two, like with Infinity War and Endgame. But, uh, or before Infinity War and Endgame, now that I think about it. I'm just wondering what that movie would look like. I think it would be a worse version than the one we got. Not as bad as the 2017 version, mm -hmm. but also... It's the same thing with Batman v Superman. That script would have, the original script of that movie would have produced a four hour movie as well, which they had to trim down into a two hour movie for the theatrical cut and a two and a half hour movie. No, it was three and a half hour movie, I think, 
for the extended edition. Yeah, for the ultimate, yeah. Either way, there was a lot they had to cut out of that, and there would have been a lot they had to cut out of Justice League too. But the problem with Zack Snyder is that he's not really a guy who's known for moderation. I feel like he needs those extended, those extended epic runtimes, and he just doesn't have a fantastic feel for what needs to be cut. So the fact that he had to trim things out at all was a big detriment. And the fact that he had to trim out half his movie made them set up for failure from the start. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so what is this new universe going to be like? So James Gunn talked about his vision for the new DC universe. And he says, we're coming into a world where superheroes exist and have existed for some time in one form or another. And that's the universe. And so we are telling a big, huge, central story. Except for, I think, we're a lot more planned out than Marvel from the beginning. Because we've gotten a group of writers together to work that story out completely. Uh, and he also said... Little shot, little shot. <laughs> you know what, he worked for Marvel. He's seen the behind the scenes. So he knows... That's true. And he was around in Marvel and, uh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy came out in Phase 2, six years after Iron Man came out. So he was around in Marvel in those early days, and he seems to be implying they weren't as well planned out as maybe they looked to be. They might have looked, yeah. They were making some stuff up on the fly back then. Uh, so he seems to have learned from, I don't want to say those mistakes, because obviously they did very well. Those lessons, yeah. as we'll say. Marvel did very those well. Those life lessons. But yeah, they didn't make any mistakes, because they clearly did really well in those early days, but... It wasn't that planned out. James Gunn is saying that he wants this universe, or at least this first chapter, to be intricately planned out, the overarching story. So he also says, we're also creating a universe that is like Star Wars, where there are different times, different places, different things, and like Game of Thrones, where characters are a little bit more morally complex. So that's uh that that's a pretty big thing there compared Good. to Game of Thrones. That sets high <laughs> expectations, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. For me, it does. <laughs> yeah, someone who's seen Game of Thrones multiple times, you don't invoke. You don't invoke Game one of, of the Thrones, greatest yeah. TV shows of all time without putting your money where your mouth is. But I also like his commitment here to different, uh, to just the variety. I like how he says different times, different places, different things how uh, there's different, they're going to be set during different time periods, different eras. Like Marvel, they they do that, but very limited. You'll have a Captain Marvel or a Captain America here and there, something set in the 90s, something set in the 40s, but most of it's modern day. So I kind of like the idea of fleshing out the entire DC universe. I know it's not on the slate, but one movie I'd love to see is a JSA movie. Or, or, t- or TV series. You know, get the heroes back to their roots, the original guys who fought in World War II. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Golden yeah. Age kind of movie. That would be fantastic. Uh, they do have some prequel stuff in their slate already, which we'll get to. But yeah, just the DC Universe is one that spans, or maybe like another Jonah Hex movie from the 1800s, or go back to like the Greek gods, or like the DC Universe is such a... Oh, they even have, like, future ones, too. Like, uh, I think his name is Comanche, the last boy. And, like, the world, like most humans are dead, and Comanche's the last human thousands of years in the future. Like, 
a little bit later, the Legion of Superheroes, maybe. Like, DC has such a variety of time periods to work from, all fully fleshed out in their own way. So you could do a whole lot with that. Not just modern DC with the Justice League and whatever villains are hanging around, the Legion of Doom, maybe, I don't know. Like, that core era of DC, there's so much to the world. Um, and it's also a huge world, too. Like, you have heroes from everywhere, really. I mean, mostly in the States, but they're starting... The comic books eventually branched out right. to... Yeah. Global... Different countries and all well. that. Yeah. Uh, so one interesting thing here... Uh, what know, I... Yeah, sorry. You go. I liked. I don't know. I don't know if you have it here, uh, written down in your notes. Which you did a lot of research for this, so everyone give a clap for Joe for that. But uh, he made a point in saying in his announcement video where he said some movies. I don't know if any of the movies he said are going to be this, but some movies that we have are going to be animated or TV shows, and we're going to try our best to have those actors play those animated characters and also the live action version, which I think is really smart because. Let's face it, you can do anything in animation. Fucking anything you want to. All you need is budget and time. That's literally all you need. No, Your I, imagination can go wild. And the fact I, that it can be... Yeah, I do like that idea in principle, but I have heard some valid criticism of that, which says that a lot of actors who are really good in front of the screen aren't necessarily good voice actors. So, and vo good voice actors are more likely to be good actors in real life too, I think. But just because you're good on camera doesn't mean you're a good voice actor. Yeah. Is... So that strategy could be awesome for synergy, or it could be a big miss depending on who you cast. But it all comes down it's to It's true, but you just have to have, you just have the right director for it when you're in the booth. Well, yeah. A good, if I'm being uh, honest. A good voice vocal coach. Uh, or what do, you, what do you call them? What's their job? Voice director or... I don't know what they're... No, you're right. Vocal coach, vocal voice coach. director. Yeah, they can work just wonders. director, yeah. Good direction can work wonders. Yeah. So that could be very interesting. Uh, another, from a business point, Peter Safran said, we have the ability to sell outside of HBO Max, if that makes sense. So we'll figure out if there are certain shows coming up that would be better served elsewhere, or if there's not real estate on HBO Max for us. But we like the idea of having shows on Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix. It just broadens the DC audience. Now, once again, this is one of those hit or miss things. Because I did see that some fans took this statement pretty cynically because Warner Bros. is broke. So they're like, well, yeah, HBO Max can't afford to make all their own shows anymore. And obviously, otherwise, they wouldn't be canning so much. So yeah, this is DC saying... We want your broad audience, and they're trying to spin it positively, but really they're just too broke to make their own stuff, so they're licensing it out to whoever will make it for them. It's funny when he says there's not enough real estate, because in my mind, when I read that, where it's like, how much storage is on a streaming platform? In terms of just data, <laughs> that's the way my brain works, but I guess he's talking about in terms of money. On HBO Max, not as much nowadays. <laughs> real estate's gone up for sure. They don't just make oh, anything God. anymore. But uh, for the positive side, I will say it's not, it's still not the most ideal scenario, I think, to split up your brand. Some fans also pointed out that uh, like Disney Plus does a really good job of being the one-stop shop for all things Marvel and Star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. But Warner Bros. is going to be splitting the DC universe to everywhere, really. So you won't be able to find. That's going to be confusing. So that's going to be a problem if you want to watch everything. But I understand from a business perspective that it probably would widen their reach. Because somebody who likes a side of this DC universe, which they're promising is going to be broad in terms of characters, places, things like we said, might not like another side. So if all these streaming services that they're licensing off to or looking to license off to can find their niche, then DC fans who want to watch everything can find everything. But fans who might not otherwise have found DC in the first place might have a better chance to that way. Or it, yeah. So I think I think it's it's a good idea because it widens their reach, but it's bad for the super fans who want to see everything. Yeah, it's strange because when you just look at it from just as a consumer standpoint, all the Disney Plus shows doesn't matter what the quality is. At least you can just see them all at one place, like the Marvel stuff, the Star Wars stuff. It's just easy that way. And now. Especially, you got to think of like older audiences too, where it's like, okay, the Superman movies in HBO, but the Batman show, he's just examples. Yeah. Batman shows on Amazon, but they're all setting the same thing. So it's a little bit of confusing, but it does take just like a quick Google search, which is an extra step. But this is 2023. Audiences shouldn't have to be expected to do any work. Everything is just <laughs> convenient and given to us. Give it to us. Go on to the uh, Disney Plus tab and just find all the Marvel movies in chronological order or whatever other orders they want to throw out. Uh, timeline order. Go and try and find Andor. Or wait, you can. It's on the third page, even though it's the most popular <laughs> Star Wars show <laughs> that gone out in the last two years. I'm shocked how that popular that show became without so little marketing. They really did not care to market it. Which is oh my god! Hopefully, James. Did they not watch it? (laughs) Did the people who's doing the marketing not watch the show? (laughs) No, you know what? I don't think Disney did watch the show, which is why it's so good. They didn't. They didn't care enough to meddle with it. It's the same reason Mandalorian season one was so good, and then season two took a bit of a downturn because they started meddling more because they didn't expect it to be popular. But you know what? This is this is why I'm it's like they're in the office. It's they're in the office, and Kathleen Kenny's like, "What's this Andor show? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it." <laughs> isn't isn't that the guy from that Rogue Woman? Don't worry about it, Kathleen. You just watch nope, the money roll nope. in, okay? No, he's just... dead. He's dead. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those prequel things. Don't worry about it. No, oh, okay. Sh- d- 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 no, trust us. No, no. Go, go, go. It's like you know, you remember the anime show we did with the Star Wars? It, it's like one of those one-off episodes. Oh, oh. Cut to ten months later, sons of bitches. <laughs> they lie to me. Yeah. Uh yeah, so but DC, uh they're planning out everything more in advance now. So you're not gonna get um any situations like that where um the one hand doesn't know Fingers what crossed. the other is doing. So they're uh I forget where the train of thought came from. But yeah, they're planning it all, all in advance. So it ought to be at least a little bit connected. And um, so, yeah, the synergy will be hopefully solid. Uh, not like Marvel nowadays, where you, the timeline is completely out of whack. You, you don't know. You, yeah, especially with the shows, because you don't know yeah. 
where in terms of after Endgame they take place, like which show comes first or which come show comes last. You kind of just, in my mind, just think they all come right after another, which doesn't make that much sense because, I don't know, it's, it's kind of tough. Sense. So I do trust in them. To and be if you say they happen all at the same time, you're like, no, <laughs> that's too many events happening <laughs> for it all to happen at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one thing I do like about, uh, let's talk about Peter Safran and uh, James Gunn just a little bit as the, as the heads of the new DC studios. I think they're a great partnership because Peter Safran is known as a more business minded guy. He knows what it'll take to make something successful. And James Gunn is the creative personality, the director. He's done the superhero thing very successfully. His superhero movies are some of my favorite ones uh, that the entire genre has to offer. So I think these two together will make a great uh, cinematic universe if they can keep working together. You got the business-minded guy. You got the creative guy with a proven track record. And these two working together could make something magic. I'm just looking at Peter Safran's uh, like filmography, and most of it is a lot of horror stuff, and those mid 2000s to 2010 parody movies, which, if you think about as a business, is very profitable. Because look how many movies those are, like all the Conjuring and Annabelle movies and the parody movies. So which, yeah, which that's exciting. You, which, if you look at the DC universe, they're trying to build based on this slate, which we will get to. Don't worry. <laughs> that they are banking on these lower tier characters. It's not all Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It's a lot of characters nobody's ever heard of before, which let's go, let's say like Deadpool is a perfect example here of a, of a character that you made that movie on a pretty small budget and then it grossed crazy amounts when it was actually good. Because that's what people want. They want interesting movies that are just good. And if you can make these great movies out of small characters, people will come. Another perfect example is Guardians of the Galaxy. I was a comic book nerd, and I still am. And in 2014, I had zero idea who Guardians of the Galaxy were. Like, and this is a guy who is a nerd. Keep in mind, not even general audiences. We're not even going that far. So you, you didn't just have to convince general audiences. You had to convince guys like me. That's that was weird for back then and even today. And they somehow made it fantastic. I can't tell you if it was a good adaptation of Guardians because I still don't know much about Guardians, but I know it was a great movie that I loved and made me invested in them. And James Gunn did the same thing with the Suicide Squad uh, just the other year. He made me love freaking Polka Dot Man, King Shark, Bloodsport, Ratcatcher 2. I mean, the guy's... Like, so I think this is a great, once again, this is a great marriage. You know, James Gunn has proven that he can take these low tier comic book characters nobody cares about and turn them into something that household names. And Peter Safran's, like you were just saying, pretty much made a career of making these lower budget things into something successful. He takes, he takes ideas, gives it a bit of a shot and turns huge profits. So once again, they're a great match that way. Because James Gunn's got the, the passion for, for the characters that nobody cares about. And Peter Safran's got a passion for making a lot of money from small projects. 
So, yeah, it's a good pair, 100%. And Peter Safran did say that one of our strategies is to take our diamond characters, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and we use them to prop up other characters that people don't know. Oh, sorry, Gunn said that. But Safran added, um, we use them to prop up the other characters people don't know to build those lesser-known properties into the diamond properties of tomorrow. Uh, funny, for a diamond character, they didn't say boost to gold. That was a wasted opportunity. <laughs> Star, diamond. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> Shining. <laughs> Iconic, you know. <laughs> He's got that shining wink and smile. All right. Okay. Uh, so let's get into this slate now. A lot of this uh, information about these I just lifted from Screen Rant's article about it, so a lot of these are just kind of quotes from that website, but we'll add our own breakdown. Yeah. So I have the order here, if you want me to go through that. I just, I just have it all broken down. Okay. Uh, okay, so the first movie in the list is Superman Legacy. And uh, Screen Rant says, Gunn is currently writing the screenplay, and Safran is hopeful the filmmaker will also direct the DC movie. Set to come out on July 11, <coughs> 2025, Superman Legacy will not be an origin story, but will focus on Clark's struggle to balance his superhero life with his human one. The story will also explore Superman being a beacon of kindness in a world that believes kindness is old-fashioned. All right. So uh, sorry, I laughed because it was like Saffron hopes he could he would also film the movie as well. Uh, just makes me think like there's so many just other stuff that I don't <laughs> that needs to work, and James Gunn needs to make this one work, or else we're fucked. So I just need him to direct this one. You know, I feel like he would direct it. The funny thing is, I don't want to see Gunn direct this one. Actually, no, no, because to me, Gunn. He's, he's talked about it in the past, I think, where he says he, he was never really interested in doing characters like Superman. He wanted to do characters like mm. Polka Dot Man because he's like, who's going to tell Polka Dot Man stories? Somebody out there will tell Superman's story well. He just, like, because he's such, the really popular characters have a lot of filmmakers just as passionate, but he likes to put his attention on the people nobody cares That's true. about because he's got the passion for them, but nobody else does. So I totally understand that. And I'm like, you know what, Gunn, you focus on the stuff you're passionate about and nobody else really understands yet and give Superman to somebody who can do a great job with it. There's going to be a lot of those people. So you don't need Gunn to do this one, I think. I think you can get away with not doing his writing. Sure. Give me his writing. Give me, give me a James Gunn script for a Superman movie any day. But I don't need him to direct it. Be interesting to see who they get, though. Because I can't really think of any. Oh, you know, it'd be really funny if it was the Russo brothers. <laughs> oh, that would be really funny. I don't know why. All right. Another Superman movie with a gray color palette. Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. It was bright in Infinity War, okay? <laughs> Even though Captain America's costume. Was very decolorized. Now I will admit it. <laughs> I don't know the Russos. I I liked I liked more a while ago, but they they're starting to hurt me. <laughs> I haven't cared for their last few. They were great in Community. Oh yeah, Community is fantastic. 
That's I have found that. I did find that uh, D&D episode, by the way, and I watched it. It was great. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> why, why do they ever take it off? I don't know. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> All right, before we get into the movie, I just want to uh, I, I just want to throw in a, a, another quote from James Gunn here. I don't, so many quotes yeah, today. Like I said, I did some research. So he did say, mm-hmm. just, just for the people who are already complaining, he says, it's important to say that Henry Cavill was not fired. Henry was just not hired to be Superman in Superman Legacy. There was never a deal there for another movie. And for recently, he said about, uh, he was talking about, how he was recently talking to Zack Snyder and uh, said, Snyder, Snyder contacted me to express his support about my choices. He's a great guy. Again, he seems really happy with the massive world building he's doing now. So that's Gunn being mm. like, trying to address the Snyder fans and be like, look, we didn't What's Snyder doing now? Rebel Moon. Which is oh, right. basically his Star Wars movie that's not actually a Star Wars movie. Which, you know what? I have high hopes for because. This is how Star Wars was created in the first place. George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, couldn't get the rights, so he made his own thing, Star Wars. Zack Snyder wanted <gasps> to make a Star Wars movie, couldn't get the rights, so he makes Rebel Moon. So it's kinda... Sorry, Rebel Moon has Ray Fisher and Charlie Hunnam in it. I'm in. <gasps> and Iman Hansu. Oh my god. This is going to be great. Sorry, I got really excited when I just saw the cast. <laughs> it's like Zach, it's a good cast. It's like Zack Snyder's take on Star Wars. So that's brilliant. It'll be epic at the very it's least. supposed to come out this year. Really? Hopefully it comes out this year. I yeah. Realize it was hopefully. That soon. Uh, this gives me with the Henry Cavill thing. This gives me a small bit of hope that he might come back later on. Yeah. I don't because it is like a younger Superman, but it's not an origin story. So maybe he's actually that does make sense. Well, it's a reset. I don't know. It just gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> you know, the reason I'm not as upset about Henry Cavill is a lot of people now is because, funny enough, it's because of Black Adam, in that Mm. we talked about how the Snyder, Zack Snyder movies were basically just a Superman trilogy. Man of Steel was his introduction to the world, his rocky introduction to the world. Still, just a Man of Steel doesn't really know what he is yet. Batman v Superman, he's going by Superman now. He's trying to be a hero, but he still doesn't really know what he's doing yet. He has a lot of world resistance now. He knows what he wants to do, but people still don't trust him. Justice League is when he becomes Mm -hmm. that inspiration, and people at large finally realize that he's a hero worth rooting for. He finally starts getting good at his job. And then his cameo in Black Adam is he's got the bright suit, the curl and the John Williams Superman theme. He's come full circle from Man of Steel to now. You like so that that extra cameo there to me, like that was that was the end of Henry Cavill's story to me. I think he he got his great he trilogy. So good in that yeah. cameo though. <laughs> he got his he got his Superman trilogy where he became the guy we all know and love, and then his epilogue to show him in his peak form. So to me, that's like I got closure with Henry Cavill there, and that's. Mm. enough for me so i'm okay to see somebody new in the cape and spandex yeah it's it's gonna be interesting i feel like who do you think would be a good younger superman i'm gonna be a killjoy and say an unknown because like fair enough christopher reeve nobody really 
knew who he was before Superman. Henry Cavill. That's true. Henry Cavill had been in a few things. Brandon Routh had been in a few things. Like, nobody really knew these guys, though. They were all pretty well unknown. I don't know why my mind, I don't know why my mind <laughs> straight went to, just because of popularity right now, went to Austin Butler. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to that. But a part of me would be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> he would have to get supremely jacked I can, in order for that to happen. I can see it. Funny enough, Batman's the opposite. Every, I think everyone who's played Batman has been an enemy. Anyone can play Batman. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Christian yeah. Bale, Ben Affleck. Uh, who else? Mm-hmm. Like, they've pretty much all been names. Oh, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Like, everyone who's played Batman has been famous already. Everyone who's played Superman, not so much. They become stars because of Superman. That's true. Yeah, because like you could argue, you could argue Henry Cavill, but that's only because that's more so of um, European audiences, not American audiences, because he was in Tudors and a couple other things. Okay. Yeah, like he was a working actor, but like, but but, uh, yeah, working actor. Yeah, he was almost up for um James Bond before Daniel Craig, but then they said he was too young for the role. And he actually almost quit acting because of it. Mm. Well, he got to do his spy thing. I think he said he was broke. Aww. Yeah. He got to do his spy thing twice. He did uh, The Man from Uncle, which mm-hmm. I think is a very underrated movie. I loved it when it first came out. I heard that's a out, very good movie. And nobody really saw it. So. so he did The Man from Uncle and he did Mission Impossible Fallout, which he was also great in. His little arm lock and mm-hmm. load is still an internet meme. It's. It's just action gold. And they did, uh, Tom Cruise did like an interview where I guess it was something weird with the camera where when he does that, the pocket on his shirt appears and it also looks like the stubble from his face because he doesn't have a full beard, but it looks like he just grows a full beard. (laughs) (laughs) It's just how it looks in camera. That's just action gold when he like reloads his biceps. Yeah. It's great. Sweet. But let's talk about Superman Legacy a, a little bit. This movie excites me. Uh, I've heard James Gunn said he was going to take some inspiration from All-Star Superman, which is one of the best Superman stories ever written, which obviously they're not adapting All-Star Superman because that's... Okay, well, you know, if you don't know what All-Star Superman is, the plot of that book is that Superman absorbs a dangerous amount of solar radiation and he's basically on a ticking clock. He's going to die soon. So Superman just goes all around the world doing everything he possibly can to make the world a better place in the last days of his life, knowing he's going to die soon. And that that's just that's the plot of All-Star Superman. So I know they're not adapting it for the first Superman (laughs) movie of a new universe, but they're taking inspiration from it. We're just going to die by the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, like they're not. They're not adapting All-Star Superman, but I, I understand they're taking, like, that is one of the best versions of Superman, because it's Superman with nothing left to lose, and he's just mm-hmm. does all the best things he can think of, really. So, you know, this is, yeah. su- like, this is Superman at his most altruistic, who's trying his hardest, and I think that's a good version of the character to base It'll your- It'll be very uh, interested to see which Superman villain they use because I think it'd be too soon for Zod because Man of Steel happened. Yeah. I think it would be too early on for Darkseid to show up and then too early on for Brainiac to show up. I feel like a good... What was that one movie 
where it was a bunch of random people and they um uh, they like drove superman to almost insanity where superman made them think that he was killing them off one by one and then he lobotomized like the main bad guy but he actually didn't kill him. it's like a grid very good animated movie Sup- i can't superman. remember the name of it because i haven't superman, seen the- superman versus the elite that that's what i mean maybe the elite i feel like that'd be a pretty good live action thing manchester black yeah so yeah okay, yeah so that's for, him yeah so for those of you who don't know the plot the rough plot of of it basically it's this team of anti-heroes come to town and they're you know they're in town to kill villains and you know do superheroing mm-hmm. more how we see modern superheroes in in movies and then superman comes in being like no that's not how we do things around here the anti-hero thing doesn't really work for me so it puts him into the direct crosshairs of the elite uh so that's that's basically what it's about it's superman's idealism versus modern anti-heroism which i can easily see being a good plot line for something like this i do personally want to see brainiac you know what would be an awesome movie for later on is if he went to War World and fought Mongol. That one I'd want. I want to see that. Yeah, because there's. I there's, just think it'd be too early. Or uh, Brainiac. For Brainiac. I know, but Brainiac is like there the is, biggest Superman villain that still hasn't a been movie, adapted. I know, but there's a superhero movie coming up in this DC slate where I think it would work if both of them were in it. Ooh, I got, I got one. I got one that would probably be okay for this. What about someone like Metallo? I don't know what that is. Okay, so Metallo, uh, not 100% on his origin story, but basically he ended up, he's kind of like a General Grievous sort of thing where he was a guy and then all his Mm -hmm. body basically just, like his brain got put into a machine pretty well, I think. And the, okay, I guess, I think there's different versions of this. Sometimes his whole body's a machine, other times he's just a man with machine parts. But either way, he's got like a kryptonite heart Okay. Oh, that guy. And the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You can like open the, the flap on his thing, chest yeah. to. Yeah, that's Metallo, which I I think that would be cool because it's a relatively grounded villain. You could. Okay. It's not the most over the top Superman villain. What I will tell you, I don't want to see in this movie is Mister Mixaspitalik. I will go on record saying I do not like Mister Mixaspitalik. Every time I he shows up, it becomes stupidly confusing. Any Superman fans out there, you know what I mean. You do not want to see that. Trust me. I mean, you kind of do because it would be bonkers, but not for the first movie. Hell no. All right. So Mr. Spickalitalik. Mix a Wait a second. Oh, man. I'm getting my Superman actors confused here because for some of the animated stuff, it's Tim Daly. And then from some of the other animated stuff, it's George Newborn. And it says here, George Newborn did Justice League TV show. That's interesting. Huh. I thought it was Tim Daly. They sound so similar. That's just good casting all around, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mixus Biddle. Like, I think it's uh, M-X-Y-Z-P-T-L-P-T. Spill a lick. Well, I'll tell you the fun thing about Mr. Mixus Biddle. 
is that the only <laughs> and way nothing to, came up. <laughs> the only way to defeat him is that Superman has to trick him into spelling his to saying his name out loud backwards. Or just, oh, okay. or just spelling it backwards. He needs to oh, trick this guy. That guy. The fifth dimensional imp with magical powers oh, who can warp reality. Mad Hatter looking dude. I'd be interested in seeing another Superman movie, for sure. But, but you know why you can't bring in Mr. Mixaspitalik for you hardcore Batman fans who will just want to see Batman be edgy and grim? Is because if you bring in Mr. Mixaspitalik, that's a direct road to Batmite. Just saying. Oh, yeah. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. All right, well, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, balance superhero life with a human one, beacon... What I like is that it says Superman and being a beacon of kindness in a world that believes kindness is old-fashioned. That's the story I've wanted to see for modern Superman adaptation for quite a long time now. That's the story that I would write if I was doing a Superman movie. It's the story I have thought about, it, a variation on it, but, like, very similar idea. So, you know, biggest Superman fan I know, and I approve of this pitch. <laughs> I'm hyped. Did you just say you're the biggest Superman fan that you know? Yes. <laughs> did you just say that? Yes, I did. <laughs> that takes some confidence. I, I do not know anybody bigger. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up is funny. The Authority. So Screen Rant says, Gunn is currently outlining the film, which will be based on Wildstorm characters. According to DC Studios, the Authority explores anti-heroes who have good intentions while having to go to extremes due to how broken the world is. Which, mm. very interesting to me. That movie you mentioned, Superman vs. the Elite, I'm pretty sure the original comic book was called Superman vs. the Authority. And if that's the second okay. movie on the outline, that would be very interesting. If you, and what Peter Safran and James Gunn said about Using the big three, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, to introduce smaller characters. It would be very interesting if it was Superman versus the Authority in Superman Legacy, but then the Authority spin off into their own movie, which is the second one up. And that's what leads me to believe it might be Superman versus the Authority in Superman Legacy. Hmm. So just seeing that, that would be interesting. So just seeing that there, I'm like, well, that would make some sense. And the next big one on our list is... Yeah. <sighs> the Brave and the Bold. So, Screen Rant says, This will be a Batman and Robin story with a new star set to play the Dark Knight. Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck will, therefore, not be starring in this film. Based on Grant Morrison's Batman run, the story sees Bruce discovering that Damian Wayne is his son. Taught to be an assassin, Bruce must now raise Damian under his wing. The Brave and the Bold will also feature other members of the Bat family. It was not revealed if they have decided which actors will play them, or if DC Studios will even use stars that have been used previously. I'm gonna now, let this you one's go interesting first, because because you have thoughts on the Bat Family. Yeah, I, I know you're. Well, it's funny because when I was watching this, James Gunn said, "We'll introduce my favorite Robin, Damian Wayne." I was like, "Oh man, he's like the worst." <laughs> not in terms of. Uh, just like characters as a whole, but I just don't like him as Robin. He's just a little bit too violent, but it's interesting. I, I like the way that they're going with this because we have seen this in the animation universe where Damian Wayne is introduced and 
more recently, this is what happened in the comics. So just to see this in live action is going to be really interesting. I think what worries me a little bit is like you were saying, Damian Wayne being annoying and, you know, even though he got mm-hmm. good later. It's going to be a cocky they, little prick. They specifically yeah. said, based on Grant Morrison's Batman run, which is the story where he's a cocky little prick when he first got introduced. They're, they're basing it on that early mm-hmm. Damian Wayne, which is the least liked iteration of the character. So that's a little bit worrisome right off the hop. But I hope we see Batgirl. They said other cool. members of the Bat family. I'm rooting for Nightwing. Hell, maybe even Red Definitely Hood. Definitely will be Nightwing. Who knows? Huh. I feel like Red Hood would be a random introduction, but not really. It doesn't matter. I'd love to see it. Look, if you get, <laughs> look, if you're going based on comics accuracy here, if you're getting to Damian Wayne, you've already got Batgirl, Nightwing, Jason Todd, mm-hmm. and Tim Drake all through, like, all through their It'd be stories funny. Already. It'd be funny if they were, like, other members of the Bat family and they only meant Alfred. And I'll be like, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> like, that doesn't count. <laughs> yes. I, so, yeah. Like I, Alfred and Oracle. <laughs> That's the only two you're getting. You know, she probably would be Oracle at this point, if only just to separate. Yeah. I'd love to see Nightwing, though. That'd be great. Yeah. And I mean, I know up. he's Nightwing. And then we get Nightwing. And then we get Nightwing flashbacks. <gasps> oh, my God. Wait. This movie could be great. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'd be hyped to see Tim Drake. He's my favorite Robin. And I, also, I know. And I also think it would be kind of funny if he's if he's like slightly bitter about being replaced. Because he was the current Robin when yeah. Damian Wayne came in. So he's like, oh, me and replaced by the boss. The darkest, Tim Drake is one of the darkest Elsewood stories in um, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Mm. Yeah. Where he's brain, spoiler alert. Where he's brainwashed by the Joker and almost is influenced to kill Batman. That's a great movie all around just because of those scenes. Yeah. But once again, going back to the uh, the Superman one, this is a version of Batman that I would probably write myself as a Batman fan. I'm sick of Batman being presented as the brooding loner, sometimes good detective, sometimes, but mm-hmm. like he's, or just having like Lucius Fox or Alfred be his only allies or Commissioner Gordon, like, I want to see the Bat family in live action. Because if you're going to do, what is this, the fourth reboot of Batman in the last 20 years, if you're going to do that, you need to bring in the elements of Batman we've never seen on camera before. Give us the full Bat family. Give us Batman a little older, wiser, as the patriarch of his family, later in his career, not the young, brooding vigilante who just came to Gotham and is too busy making enemies and get stuck in his own head with his hubris and anger. Like I love Mm -hmm. Matt Reeves's take on it, but it's not the first time I've seen that story done. It's like, you know, I I like, like we always see Batman early in his career and maybe like the latest we've seen him is when he's just starting to get sidekicks, like in the Schumacher movies. But we Mm. don't like, we haven't seen a later Batman at any point. That's like, done all this stuff and mm-hmm. has it is important to note also sorry good going. no i don't know you're go. still going there you go no i made my point i was just saying it's important to note that the batman uh matt reeves version and the joker sequel they're both happening but they're technically elsewhere el wow elseworld i still didn't even say it right else world yes. there we go ryan so that's good to know and that's not coming out till 2025 which i think is okay you know take your time take your time with it 
doesn't yeah. have to be rushed. There was one guy's take I saw on TikTok, and he was getting flamed in the comments. Where he was like, I want it now. Produce the Batman movie now, or else I'm going to lose interest. And it's like, he was getting absolutely flamed in the comments. Like, have you never heard of like pre-production, post-production? Like, Obviously you never not. heard of this stuff, man? I get he's just a, a super fan of those movies, but I just came to realize realization while you're doing this speech or while you were explaining this, where if we're gonna get Damien Wayne, we're definitely gonna get Tally Al Ghoul and Rach Al Ghoul. League of Assassins, that, yeah. That's gonna be great. And are we gonna get the version where Slade was also a part of it too? That'd be sick. But they because didn't Slade Wilson this early. Slade, I, don't I don't know. But seeing uh Timothy Oliphant? No, I don't think that was the actor, but seeing um, Joe Manganiello, the one guy, that guy, yeah, in the live action Deathstroke armor at the end of Justice League, I was like, oh my God, he looks so good. He did. I love Deathstroke. He's got the best look like of assassins for me. I love him. I have a mask of Deathstroke. It just came with a comic book. Never read the comic, but I've seen, I, I saw the mask and I wanted to buy it. Uh, so should we talk? When does this come out? Or did, uh, there's no slate for it. No, no release dates for the rest of them. Uh, should we talk mm-hmm. about? Uh, no, we'll save that for after the next few. So the next one up is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. They say the, yes. girl, the girl of steel is getting her own solo movie, which will be based on Tom King's recent DC run, as he's an architect of the project too. While Superman was raised on Earth with kind parents, Supergirl stayed on a piece of Krypton that drifted off. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, will explore oh. her life as she was forced to see many loved ones die tragically. So Interesting. I, I'm assuming now this piece I, would be candor, but... Yeah. I am going to anger a lot of Superman fans a little bit here. The only Supergirl that I know is from the Injustice games. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. I think that was a solid her story in... for... Okay. Yeah, because her uh, whole role in Justice Two was because since Superman made the symbol of the House of L, not bring out hope, she kept fighting for it, and that was part of the game that I really liked. So I liked her as a character. Yeah, and I think this is where maybe not in her solo movie or this Superman solo movie, but when they eventually come together, that's when you do Brainiac when you have the two. Mm. Because I don't know if it's in canon for all of them, but. In some canons, Brainiac is the cause of the end of Krypton. I don't know if it's all of them. There's Okay, there's different versions. Sometimes Brainiac ended Krypton altogether. I think in most versions, Brainiac is the one who... He tends to collect things. So in most mm-hmm. versions, no matter what, he's the one who shrunk it. He's a nerd. He's the one who shrunk the city of Kandor. Okay. Which is where Supergirl and her family are from, is the city of... And that's how mm-hmm. they survived. So there's a whole, but like, and that's a plot for a lot of Superman stories is like, he's trying to figure out how to unshrink Kandor or where to unshrink Kandor. So he just kind of holds it in the fortress of solitude and doesn't know what to do with it. There's this whole society that lives in a bottle. That's right. Oh, that's why. Okay. I never knew that. I always was like, why does he just have a display? I th- I didn't know that was the actual city of Kandor. Okay. No, that's like, there's an actual yeah, society. Where do you, where do you in- put that? that's actually really complex like where do i put this yeah put on the moon i'm like (laughs) if he re if he unshrinks that city he's just putting an entire city of kryptonians out into the galaxy Mm. and he could put it somewhere in manitoba there's so much flat land we got room 
Yeah. Bunch of Canadian uh, kryptonites <laughs> or uh, kryptonians. Sure. Some were, yeah. But you wouldn't want to put it on Earth because you have enough trouble with like just no. General Zod coming every so often. You know, that's just one guy. Yeah, but they'll be Canadian, so they're fine. Sure. Well, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> anyway, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to put that bottle on Earth. But I just think it's interesting that um, no. So this sounds like it would be. Uh, it sounds like this Superman legacy movie is focusing more on Superman on Earth. They're not going for the more space based things like Brainiac or Mongol or anything. I like I said, I think it's going to be it versus the Authority. But I think that Supergirl seems to be set more as like a space opera sort of thing where she's trying to fight her way to Earth or just survive out in wherever she's going. So that could be really interesting just to separate. So you have the more terrestrial-based mm-hmm. Superman story and the more space-based ones because that's just as important a part of their mythology, especially Supergirl's. Her whole, her whole thing was... Yeah. She... The reason that she's an interesting character compared to Clark is because Clark was raised here. He never really knew his Kryptonian heritage till way later, whereas Kara was born and raised on Krypton. She was like a teenage, mm-hmm. she was like 14, 15, like 13 to 15 or so when Krypton blew up and then she got to Earth way later. The funny thing about that is I think in a lot of versions of the story, she gets trapped in like a, like a time warp sort of thing or a wormhole. So even though yeah. she was 13 when Krypton blew up, when she gets to Earth, Superman's like at least 10 years older than her and has to mentor her. But she's got all this knowledge of their heritage that he doesn't. And she's a lot more bitter because she knows the culture that got destroyed and she's forced to acclimate to Earth where Superman was just raised in it. They're, they're a very interesting dynamic that way. So I, I just find it interesting that I was, two of the four movies in DC Chapter 1 are about the Superman family, mm-hmm. which I am here for. I think that I'm is excited. What, yeah. that is what this universe I was never, yeah. I was never a big Supergirl fan until the animated movie Apocalypse came out with Batman and Superman, which is a great film. Mm-hmm. And it showcases a lot of Supergirl's powers and how she is almost on par with Superman in that film, at least. Yes. And, uh, and then also the Injustice 2 games where I just l- like her character, just her whole idea of, again, never watched, I never watched the, um, like the CW show of it, yeah. but I assume she's somewhat around the same character and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see like, what would, uh, what would Krypton as a city look like as they're floating around in space, maybe. Well, this is just this is just speculation at this point. And if when they're floating around, do they come across a yellow sun? Yeah. Well, that would probably be what kickstarts it off. That sounds like a good inciting incident. Mm. Like, yeah, fall under the rays of a yellow. What a great sun. title, too! Woman of Tomorrow. Yep, that's a great title. Which is based on Superman's other titles, The Man of Tomorrow, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet what they're doing because these aren't technically in order how you written them down here, which is not your fault. You is this not? Is this not the rant. order? This is the order. Was it was first? No, I think it's the authority. I think it is. Let me look at the. Super, there's no, a picture. Superman that is I, first. I know for a fact Superman's first. Maybe it's a TV show first. Yeah, it's TV shows first, and then it's Superman. So you're right. Okay. Where's the authority on here? Oh, that's weird. 
Maybe this one's wrong. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I see how they're doing it. So it's, yeah, it's uh, Creature Commandos, Waller, Superman Legacy. Um, oh, we didn't talk about, I guess it's because it's not technically part of the DCU, but they're doing a Constantine 2, which is, uh, I heard that got I heard is an underrated filming. Did it? No. Let's see. Constantine 2. Do, 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 do. Putting in words so you don't fucking hear it. Um, confirmed. It is not scrapped. Okay. This was three days ago. Okay. This we'll article. See. I guess so. we'll, that might go Oof. under. Elseworlds. I hear that's an underrated movie. Yeah, we'll talk about Elseworlds and just. I want to finish up Supergirl going to Swamp Thing and then talk about the Elseworlds movies quick. Even though Constantine is nothing like the guy in the comics. <laughs> Not even close. It's just Keanu Reeves. Not even close. But what He's I... still in the John Wick <laughs> like attire, though. I know. Oh, oh God. Oh boy. What I, so what I like about Superman and Supergirl leading the charge in this DC universe is to separate it from the Snyderverse, you're starting off with the hopeful Superman right off the bat. This is just like... DC Comics at its core. Action Comics number one. Their universe started off with Superman, this crusader for truth and justice in the American way. It's like any good DC universe worth its salt should start with Superman. If you wanted to start with someone like Batman, I call bullshit immediately. He's the Mm -hmm. most popular, but he's not the core of what DC represents. Superman is the heart of DC all the way, especially as Superman done right. So the fact that Two of the movies in your chapter one slate revolve around the super family. That to me says you're going in the right direction up top. Mm-hmm. But uh, so next up is Swamp Thing. So DC Studios is working on Yay. a movie that explores the dark origin story of the Swamp Thing. They made. We, That's all you got. <laughs> so we That's talked about. Uh, we did talk about. Swamp Thing's interesting because we talked about in our. One of our first episodes of Close Up, the 20th century superhero movies, they made multiple mm-hmm. Swamp Thing movies in the 80s already. So, like, you'd think this is a, and a TV show that got scrapped. See, you'd think this is one of those weird properties that, like, nobody would know, but it's actually been touched. adapted multiple times already. Which is very interesting. Yeah, this is the one they announced where I was like, Really? This is the only one they announced where I was like, really? The other ones I was either really excited for or like, oh, cool. We're going to get that. But this is the one I was like, huh? <laughs> Swamp Thing's awesome, though, because it follows the more... It, it starts getting into the more magical, mystical side of the DC universe. So you got... I just hope it's not one of those like movies where it's like the Transformers where you follow these human characters for like the two-thirds of the movie and then you get to the Transformers. I don't want it to be like, oh, you followed these human characters for most of it, and then you get some of Swamp Thing stuff where like they're discovering Swamp Thing. Just make it about Swamp Thing, man. Well, it says it explores the dark origin story of Swamp Thing, so I think... Good! <laughs> yeah, so it, it should be, I guess, about how he gets those powers and how he becomes kind of the protector of the green is what I think Swamp Thing is, is generally. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Swamp Thing. I know more Swamp Thing from appearances. You know one thing. He lives in a swamp. Ish. The world. I mean, ish. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of just the world. 
Okay. Like, he can go <laughs> anywhere there's nature. He can just be there. He's kind of a part of him. So not, so not Chicago or New York. No. Well, maybe Central Park. You don't find him in <laughs> cities much. But I know he operates Maybe you see, maybe you see swamp, swamp Thing in Chicago next to the Bean. <laughs> be just like, why are you here? Yeah. He's like, I'm stuck here. I can't get out. I need there's help. No, there's no place for me to go. I need a manure truck to go by real quick. <laughs> but yeah, good dark adaptation of That's Alan Moore's good sketch. Swamp I'm going to write that down. <laughs> swamp Thing stuck in the city. Swamp Thing stuck in the city. So yeah, if, if they, uh, I've heard they're taking inspiration from Alan Moore's acclaimed run on the character in the 70s and... You know, that's the most famous version of Swamp Thing. So if you stick to that, you should be good. Uh, now, while I we're think talk- we can assume anything Alan Moore writes is the most famous thing of that thing. <laughs> yeah. I think we can safely assume. Yeah. Uh, and then wait a couple decades and he'll say, nah, I didn't like it. Or I don't like the film adaptation of it. He, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. Alan Moore famously hates every adaptation of his work. So. Mm-hmm. He'll probably. Which, to be fair, most of the adaptation missed the mark. In I would argue ways. one hits it really well, but also misses the mark, <laughs> which is V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good adaptation. Uh, so while we're talking about movies, let's talk about those Elseworlds ones for a little bit because they are they're kind of the wild cards here. So officially, mm-hmm. the Elseworlds ones we have Joker. I think it's what's fully ado. And, uh... Sure. Batman 2. By Matt mm-hmm. Reeves. Uh, I think one other one was the Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie. Uh, I read that. Might be un- still in development somewhere. Justice uh, Constantine 2. Uh, maybe right. still in development. So these ones, I guess, will be under the banner of Elseworlds. Which is taking what I said up top. What I liked about the old DC. Where they just kind of made good movies. And it didn't matter if they were connected. Like, there's the... So it sounds like they're trying to double dip here. You've got the cohesive universe that's doing this thing. And then you've also got these Elseworlds ones that are just doing their own thing, too. And that should be okay. And Mm -hmm. I don't... And you know what? People can complain that it's too confusing or whatever. What if we get this Batman and then Robert Pattinson? I don't understand. (laughs) We're in a post-No Way Home world. If you didn't understand that movie, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I think most people did. We understand different Mm -hmm. versions of the same character can exist in a multiverse. Or if there's no official multiverse, it doesn't matter. We can understand it. It's not that complicated. As long as you make uh, Brave and the Bold um, tonally different... Yes. Sorry, if you do make uh, Brave and the Bold totally different, then it'll be much easier for audiences to um, differentiate between the two. Yes, I fully expect them to be very Don't make different. it a comedy, but... <laughs> don't make it a comedy, please, but... No, I think... Like, don't make it like the Brave and the Bold cartoon, which... I love. ...would be interesting. It's so good. Brave and the Bold cartoon. live action. The Brave and the Bold cartoon is pure... Love letter to the Silver Age of comics. I love that show as a kid. The Fist of Justice is unisex. <laughs> <laughs> Did he wear that? Uh, the you pink- wouldn't hit a woman, would you? Funny, I don't have that problem. Bang. <laughs> 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 uh, 
It's a great it's so show. Good. Uh, it plays more into the goofy version of Batman. I don't want to see the brave and the bold be the goofy version of Batman, but I want to see it no. be a little bit more less, mm. more comic booky, less grounded than the Matt Reeves one. We can have grounded Batman mm. and we can have comic booky Batman. Let's like let's. There's a great the episode thing. in yeah. There's a great episode in Brave and the Bold where they go more a little bit seriously, where uh, Batman confronts Joe Chill. Mm. That's a good episode. Yeah, I think we've talked about that, that one before. Oh, that's more goofy, which is great, just from the clips you see online. Tons of fun. Yeah, these Elseworlds ones, you know, they could be good or bad, but they won't affect the main continuity. I just like that they're letting people do their versions of these characters. I'd like to see mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga do whatever the hell they're going to do. I hear that one's going to be a musical. Go for it. Yeah, that'd be great. It's going to be very, very interesting. Lady Gaga is a singing Harley Quinn. Sure. Beautiful. Gimme. She's a great choice for this type of Joker. Yeah. I think she, because she has that, she has that horror background with American Horror Story. And then she's just been in, she's just been killing it in live action performance late, uh, lately with Star is Born and in House of Gucci. Yes. So, and then you bring her musical background, not musical, but her music background into film. And it's, I think it's going to be a great film. I'm not huge on the Joker 2019 as some people were. We're like, mm-hmm. this is the best movie ever. I think it was good. And then I think the sequel is going to be uh, very, very, very good. I, I think it has potential to be even better than the first one, or at least more groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into the TV shows now. So the first one I've got on my list is. Uh, animated series called Creature Commandos. Uh, Screen Rant says, Gunn has already written seven episodes for the series. Creature Commandos will center on Rick Flagg Sr., who is set to appear elsewhere in live action, portrayed by his voice actor. Uh, Nina Mazurki, Dr. Phosphorus, Eric Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, who's the protagonist, G.I. Robot, and Weasel, played by his brother, Sean Gunn. Mm. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, who is also in the Suicide Squad movie as Weasel? So that's that's oh perfect. Over. So the su the Suicide Squad is going to be a part of this canon universe or some. Well, I guess they said the reboot is going to the reboot of the franchise is going to take some people away and but keep others. I think yeah. that's what they said. So I don't know where this would be set in the timeline because I remember Actually, he in cuts the his brother. Sean Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just cuts his brothers like you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's what makes me wonder, right? Because to me, Rick Flagg Sr. in the comic books, there was a there was a comic book line, I think it may have been even the original Suicide Squad book, which wasn't about a team of anti-hero villains, but I think they were run by Rick Flagg. There was a Silver Age team run by a guy named Rick Flagg. And then they rebooted the Suicide Squad in the 80s and made... Rick Flagg Jr., the son of that guy, who was in charge of that team. And Rick Flagg Jr. is the one we've been following in the Suicide Squad movies. But if they're adapting Rick Flagg Sr., I don't know if this movie's a prequel or if he's just going to be an old guy in the modern day. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because if Weasel's around, I don't know if Weasel's a really old character because he was in The Suicide Squad, which stars Rick Flagg Jr., is he just an old 
<laughs> anti-hero thing? Is this a prequel? I don't know. It could be interesting. Who knows? I don't know why my mind went to for the cast for Rick Flagg Sr. Because uh, they don't even look similar. But the actor for Rick Flagg Jr. I think the perfect like senior would be Ron Perlman. I don't know why. Mm. I just I'm also thinking of voice actor at the same time. You know, I can but, see that. I can yeah. definitely see that. Is live action and voice acting. Don't know why. But you know what? Most of these characters. My friend met Ron. My friend met Ron Perlman in the elevator. I'm so jealous. Oh man, where? It was like a fan expo, but it wasn't in Toronto. It was somewhere else oh. in Canada. It wasn't. It was a couple of years ago. I think they do one in Winnipeg. Maybe that's it. Or Cal- that might have been it. Calgary. I think they do I don't one know. in Calgary too. They might have been. Cal- I don't know. I have to ask him. I was just too mad to. <laughs> I was too mad to actually ask him where. All right, so I don't really know any of these other characters in this creature commandos, um, but that's fine. Yeah, looks interesting. It's like Suicide Squad, but not. Yeah. And uh, okay, so next up is Waller. Screen Rant says, The previously announced Amanda Waller spinoff series is moving forward with Viola Davis still set to star. The show will take place between Peacemaker seasons one and two. This is because Gunn doesn't have time for Peacemaker right now. Doom Patrol executive producer Jeremy Carver and Watchmen scribe Crystal Henry are heading up the series. Okay. This is going to be very interesting because I think Waller is a great character and I think Viola Davis is phenomenal so to have a whole show written around her uh is going to be great and i think she just won an egot recently right i read a headline she won a grammy viola davis egot she just won a grammy i think for really uh yeah but she won it because top line actress was won a grammy the sunday for narrating yeah narrating the audiobook she narrated an audiobook and that won her a Grammy. Oh, good for her though. Uh, only like, which, yeah. There's only like twenty people that have ever won EGOT, so mm-hmm. she's in a very exclusive. Became club. only the became the only uh the eighteenth person in history to achieve it. So not even twenty. Go for you. That's Viola. hard to do. Lin Manuel Miranda hasn't even done it yet. And the one he needs to get is an Oscar, which is probably the easiest one he could get, but he keeps getting beaten out by the song category by like La La Land and Lady Gaga and all these other people. Y'all get it. He keeps writing music for these for these Disney movies, and he he, he keeps getting beaten out. <laughs> oh, is that why it. he keeps doing it? He's looking for that Oscar. I mean, I would. <laughs> but uh, or he just keeps directing movies. He's done great directing so far. I mean, he's only done Tick Tick Boom, but he produced uh, In the Heights, which was, in my opinion, very good. I loved In the Heights. So and Tick Tick Boom, they were mm-hmm. really great. Um, he's so good but yeah this Waller series yeah, maybe the I'm, Hamilton movie well that doesn't count I, I still haven't seen that one <gasps> I'll get to it <gasps> Joe I know you haven't seen the most popular thing to come out in 2015 does that shock anybody no <laughs> uh, yeah. absolutely not so I didn't watch Die Hard till like this year so anyway the so what'd you think loved it Worth <laughs> there you go <laughs> that one was worth the hype 
Uh, but yeah, so Waller, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not like, you know, super excited for it, but I think it'll be good. It'll be, mm-hmm. if I have all the Davis, like we said, great star. I like the Waller character. She plays the Waller character well. Uh, I'm sad it's replacing Peacemaker season two for now, because I love that show so much. But yeah, it'll be okay, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm not not interested. Yeah, uh, I've heard that makes sense. I've heard not, that's a double negative. <laughs> so you are. <laughs> My English teacher would not be happy. You are interested. Then. <laughs> I am interested. I've heard Doom Patrol is a really good show, so I'm sure this uh, Jeremy Carver producer will do a good job. And when this is Watchmen scribe, I I didn't do enough research to know. I don't know if Christelle Henry yeah, wrote that is. I'm going to assume that's the Watchmen show from HBO a couple of years ago. I'm going to assume so as well, yeah. Which was, okay. I didn't, it, it's one of those ones where I liked when I was watching it and like mm-hmm. less the more I thought about it, but. Okay. I think the Watchmen show is really good and then the finale happens and you're like, hmm. Yeah, the finale. <laughs> I don't know what kinda, it is about the finale. It doesn't tie it all together nicely, but anyway. But uh, the main actress in it was really good. Oh, what's her name? Regina King? Is that who it is? She's so good. I don't remember her name. I think that's who she is. She won an Oscar recently. Regina King. Uh, it was like Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, that's who she is. She's mm-hmm. stunning. What she won it for? Uh, not the Boondocks, Google. <laughs> I think it was The Harder They Fall. Yeah, she won like a couple... Um, she won a couple of years ago, so it was fairly recent. But yeah, she's she's great. She's also in um, if anyone's seen it, I believe, uh, not Ray. Well, she's in Ray, but I was thinking of uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire. She's great in that. Hmm. If anyone's seen Jerry Maguire, it's a great movie. I have not seen that one actually. I'll just admit to all the things I haven't seen, but should have. That's okay. It's not one that I'd be like, you have to go see this, but uh. It's just a nice, like, sit down, like, if you like sports and rom-com at the same time. It's got Tom Cruise, uh, uh, Cubigan Jr. before he sucked um, <laughs> as a person, and um, Renee Zellweger. It's actually got a, quite the cast, if I'm being honest. I know a couple of the famous quotes from it, one of which is probably a spoiler, so I won't even say them, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I know what you're thinking uh, of. You know the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the next one here is Lanterns, which I am very hyped for. Uh, so it says, well, it's unclear if this is meant to be Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern TV show, Lanterns will center on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. According to DC Studios, it's a detective mystery with the Green Lantern serving as super cops on precinct Earth. Lanterns will lead into an overall story about an ancient horror while weaving between movies and DC TV shows. Peter Safran says this will be very much in the vein of True Detective, and that is tr- terrestrial-based. What did I say would be great a few weeks ago when they bring back Green Lanterns? Bring back Jon Stewart. What did I say? And they're doing it. I, when I watched yeah. James Gunn announce this in the break room of my work, I almost screamed. Fuck yeah! Because I, I, there's, like, there's some great Green Lantern storylines, and Jon Stewart's a great Green Lantern, and also Hal Jordan's great. I'm so hyped for this show. You I know, could not be more hyped. This is the third time I've said this on this list, 
But this is the Green Lantern show I'd make if I got to make a Green Lantern show. I always wanted to see the buddy cop, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart dynamic, doing the lethal weapon style in space. Or I guess it'll be more terrestrial based, they say, mm-hmm. this time. But, like, the buddy cop Green Lantern movie is, or TV show, like, that is the story I would have always written for myself if I were to write a Green Lantern. So, like, they've written the Superman movie I want, the Batman movie I want, the Lanterns project I want. Like, I'm getting a lot of stuff that me as a DC fan for my whole life is like, yeah, this is what I would do. So that tells me it's in good hands, you know? Like, I, it's very rare, or even, like, the Robert Pattinson Batman, like, Matt Reeves one that's like, yeah, this is the Batman I would do. Like, that one I loved at the time, too. Like, this is the Batman I've always wanted to see. So, like, they're making good steps continuing these things forward. And, like, from what I hear, I've been more excited about this stuff than I have in years. Only thing that worries me, just slightly, is that they talk about how it's terrestrial-based. And mm. me... As a as a Green Lantern fan, I've always preferred the more space based Lantern adventures because I've always thought uh, there's so many heroes on Earth, and the Green Lanterns are space cops. So why do they have so many adventures on Earth? Like get out in space, meet alien cultures, do your space copping way out in the galaxy. Those are always my favorite Green Lantern stories, is the space ones. So the fact that this one's yeah. going to be set more on Earth is like. <sighs> I hope it's good, but I'm also feel like it's a near miss of potential. I would like, yeah, I would love to see them in space. And then you get the old, the different colored lanterns as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like the, the one, uh, the greedy lantern, like oh, the orange, orange ring. Please. Yeah. He's great. And then the, the red lanterns one. would be great. The greedy, the greedy orange one is the only one of his kind. It's perfect. Yeah, that's great. Oh my god, this show has so much potential. Please don't fuck it up. Please. This is the show I've wanted to see for Green Lantern. I know. Please don't mess it up. If there's one thing I want to succeed in this new DC slate, it's this show. Yes. Alright, so next up Oh, And the fact it's like the second to last thing we're getting, I have to wait so long for this fucking show is kind of a piss off. But take your time. Make it good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think this chapter. A funny one... casting. A, a funny casting in my head was Nathan Fillion for Hal Jordan. That's a regular one. But then the guy from the State Farm commercials is John Stewart. I don't know why that popped in my head. <laughs> That's interesting. He too good. See, I think he do okay. I think Nathan Fillion would be great as Hal Jordan if they made Hal Jordan older. If you want a Hal, yeah. If you want a young Hal Jordan, that's going to carry you could this make franchise. A cameo. Maybe. Because I know he's voiced Hal Jordan, but if you want a young Hal Jordan that's going to continue on for a really long time, like what I've always wanted to see in this particular dynamic, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, I wanted to see Hal Jordan be more of a veteran lantern at this point. He's been doing the job. He's the old cop who's been doing this for a long time. And Jon Stewart's, I don't want to see Jon Stewart as a rookie, but like the junior partner in the partnership. Maybe more right. idealistic, less cynical, still learning the ropes. But Hal Jordan is like, but also at the same time, the mm-hmm. more level-headed one. Because Hal Jordan is the kind of guy who is very impulsive and just rushes into things. Whereas Jon Stewart's a little more reserved and methodical and thinks things out better. He's an architect. He's a planner. He's a builder. 
Hal Jordan is like, I'm just going to go in there and make it up as I go along. And then someone like Guy Gardner is like boxing glove fist through everything. I was about to say, thank God they're not doing Guy Gardner. <laughs> oh, I bet he'll be. Well, there. he might show up. I bet you he'll be. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like they were, it's like James Gunn and Peter Safran were saying, this is already a universe where heroes have been around for a while. We're already on the Damian Wayne Robin. So why shouldn't we have a Guy Gardner in the universe just around mm-hmm. already? True. Like, I'd like to see this already be fully formed. I wonder if they'll do Sinestro. That's his name, right? Sinestro? Oh, yeah, they gotta do Sinestro. I don't know if Sinestro... I, I'm wondering like, if they're gonna do it in the show, or if he's gonna be, like, an end credit scene. He'll probably be a season... Well, that'd be too much like the movie. You but know, I think that'd be a good season two villain. I'm gonna make you a pitch right now for, for this Lantern show. What I wanna see Sinestro... Okay. I wanna see Sinestro be a Hannibal Lecter-type figure. Somebody locked in the, in the cells in the basement of Oa. Who's just like, oh, we fought this guy a long time ago. <laughs> and he's just waiting. Oh my god. That's what I want to see Sinestro <laughs> be in this show. Oh my okay? god. This show has so much potential. I just thought of this right oh now. Oh my okay? god. That's my that's my pitch for Sinestro here. Okay. Here's the best way to do land in my opinion. Do that, but then also do in the first lantern season you're chasing some of like the other lantern cores like the red lantern uh, some probably. of the fear people yeah red lanterns Yellows. maybe the greedy guy yeah but then in season two you do all of them you just you just <laughs> do a shit show yeah. of all of them oh my god this show has so much potential i cannot wait like i said get to space Ooh. i don't know what the terrestrial one will be go to space <laughs> go to space all for the love of god in space all right so next we have paradise lost uh, Screen Rant, this is a wonder says this is a Wonder Woman prequel series in the style of Game of Thrones, focusing on the origin of Themyscira before Diana Prince's time. Paradise Lost will explore how the political game that is based on the that is played on Themyscira and what a society of women do in order to gain power. So I'm gonna guess this is set just based on how this sounds, this nearly seems to me like it's that story that uh, Hippolyta talks about in, in Wonder Woman, how mm. they used to live in the world of men and were enslaved there, and then they broke out of their captivity, went off to Themyscira, and formed their own society. This is probably what this show's going to be about. Which could be interesting. I don't know how long this show could be. Maybe it's a one-off, one-off not, season. It sounds like a miniseries to me, not a whole show. There's strong potential for this, though. Yeah. Only because, of... <laughs> only because James Gunn said in the style of Game of Thrones, which, not saying you have to do, like, dragons and giant battles, but when I hear this style of Game of Thrones, to me, that sounds like smart dialogue and smart characters. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. So that's part... I'm interested in seeing this. You know what I'm also intrigued by is... I don't you could know. do the Greek gods in this too. Oh my uh, yes, god! Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say if you're going back to the origins of Wonder Woman, the um, the Amazons worship. I think it's like Athena and Aphrodite, like the goddesses of wisdom and love. And yeah, they're mostly Athena. Yeah, yeah, like but they, me, also Aphrodite as well. They derive a lot of their power from the Greek gods, and that's where. Mm-hmm. So that that's a huge part of their mythology. So I would not be surprised if maybe like 
I don't know, they're living in a world of man, and then they call on Athena to help them break out of the world of man, something like that, maybe. I don't know. But I can and see... they play that TikTok song that's been going around. Yeah. But I can see Athena. it. Athena! I know, I saw you do it, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. That's the first time I heard that. And... <laughs> okay. It's catchy. Yeah, it's good. It's a good song. But, uh, yeah, so I think it could be, like, Game of Thrones, the fantasy element in that seems to be more just, like, dragons than anything else maybe like well <laughs> when you're coming off a show called house of the dragon <laughs> yeah i don't i just didn't see in house of the Very dragon so. that's, that's my only exposure but the, that was the only real fantasy element fantasy I saw. element in game of thrones uh there's i don't want to spoil much but there's like i know a white walkers are stuff in game of thrones like white and walkers then, and prophecy i guess prophecy is yeah. a little mystical but i guess the characters themselves and the uh yeah i hear what you're saying so i think if you're going Game of Thrones-like with kind of lighter fantasy elements, I'm imagining it's going to be, like, mostly pretty grounded, and then you're going to get, like, Greek gods doing stuff, and then that'll be, like, the weird fantasy thing that comes in every so often. Uh, and last but not least, the Green Lantern shows the one that made you go, fuck yeah, when you first saw it. I unintentionally let one out during when I saw Booster Gold. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh... Yeah. Do you want know what my reaction to this was? <laughs> my <sighs> reaction was... Oh, my reaction to this was like, oh, cool, and then I realized how much of a mega fan you were. I was like, oh, Joe's gonna be too excited for this. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> Not like... I am. I like how... A part uh, of me wanted to be like, James Gunn is doing the show just for Joe. <laughs> See, just yeah. for you personally. <laughs> I must repeat, for like the fifth time today that if I was going to make a DC universe, this is one I would put in there a hundred percent. Like James Gunn is on my wavelength here, man. So he described this show as imposter syndrome as a superhero, which sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. And it's reason- going to be interesting. And this is a TV show. Is this, do we know if this is animated or live action? I hope it's live action. Yeah. Ryan doesn't know a lot about Booster Gold, but when this show comes out, that'll anything. be that'll probably be when I do my Joe Explains Booster Gold episode. Uh I don't know hopefully. about anything about Booster Gold except that he gets bodied immediately by Doomsday. That's the only thing I know about Booster Gold. <laughs> that's uh that's a thing to know. All right, so that's James Gunn and Peter Safran's chapter one, Gods and Monsters, DCU Oof. Slate. So summary of thoughts here. Uh, for the new movies that are coming out. Well, there's also, they're still doing, you know, Shazam, the fly. Oh, you already said that Shazam and then Aquaman. So those yeah. movies, I don't know if I'm going to see most of them. I might go see the flash. Cause I know it's the reset. I'll see them. But, uh, I still hope I they're think good like movies. My, yeah. I think my top three right now to see, not in any particular order is lantern, Supergirl, and probably Superman, which is, Odd to say, because I didn't think I wanted to see a new Superman origin, but the way he's described it, now other people described it, it sounds good. <laughs> My three favorite DC properties are Superman, Green Lantern, and Booster Gold. So those are my top three easy. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, um, like, man. what do you mean? So like, and once again, me, I'm actually a fan of the Snyderverse, but once again, my top three weren't really well represented there. I did like his version of Superman, but he's not the classic Superman that I liked for most of it. 
So the fact that we're starting out the gate with Superman and also doing Lanterns and Booster Gold, I'm like, yes, this is the DCU for me. Just based on the slate. Imagine the Lanterns show gets so good that they get to a season three. Like they do those two afterwards and then season three, they do the Blackest Night. Oh, mm. imagine they get a well-established universe with their own Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Flash, da 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 da, and then they do the Blackest Night. Holy fuck! What if they That'd did? Um, what if they did uh, the Parallax storyline too, when Hal Jordan goes crazy and just wipes out the Lantern Corps, takes all the rings? Oh God, that'd be amazing. And that's when they introduce I feel like that's more Elseworld. Though. And that's when but they introduce. Cool. Ka- no, that was Kyle Rayner's introduction. After oh the, yeah! After they, he's good, right? Yeah, he was the White Lantern. Okay. <laughs> he was the Lantern so powerful; right. he was all the colors. But uh, yeah, that was Kyle Rayner's introduction when he like they wiped out the Green Lantern Corps, and it was like, uh, "Who's left? Okay, well we'll get this guy." It's him in the corner, <laughs> just me, this random artist. So I hope to see hey, some guys. Kyle Rayner representation. You know what? Give me uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, too. They're new, but I like them. No idea what you're saying. <laughs> They're, <laughs> the new ed- comic book They're the new as Green Lanterns from the last... Oh, I haven't been around that long. Maybe seven years they've been around. Not Do even. a Ryan Reynolds cameo. Fuck it. <laughs> Have him voice one character. Sure. <laughs> just as a joke. Have him be a and the line can even be like, even the line can be like something stupid where it's like, I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, yeah, I've just been hanging out with my wife, which would be like, cause that's where he met Blake Lively. <laughs> that's funny. I feel like that'd be funny. Put him in creature makeup and have him be a lantern in the background just for mm-hmm. some redemption. Ooh. Yeah. Give him an actual so funny. The best thing it. to come out of the best thing to come out of Green Lantern is that relationship is Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. One of the most pure relationships in Hollywood. And uh, also if you ever joke. follow any of the social media, they take jabs at each other all the time. They're like perfect for each other. The other best thing to come out of Green Lantern is all the jokes he makes about it in Deadpool. That's true. <laughs> my you don't favorite get is most the, of the good jokes. My favorite is the Green Lantern post credit scene of number two. When he meets yeah. Ryan when he meets Ryan Reynolds getting the script for Green Lantern. I'm not gonna spoil what happens for you people, but you haven't seen it, but yeah. it's funny. He's like, ha, ah, you're finally getting there, kid. <laughs> yeah, this is the big time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right, so summary. Just, he loves poking fun of himself. Yeah, which I respect. I can't wait for Deadpool 3. That too. Because we know who's in it. <laughs> Someone did a funny pitch. Someone did a funny pitch for Deadpool 3 where it's um, Deadpool but he's following around Hugh Jackman, like the actual actor Hugh Jackman, to get him to don the Wolverine uh, mantle again throughout the whole <laughs> film, so he's just chasing them. <laughs> so it's not like actually Wolverine, it's just him chasing Hugh Jackman. To get him to be Wolverine again. That's funny. That'd be so meta, but I don't know how you could do that for two hours. I love the video they did about it where they acted like it was going to be spoilers, and then they just put wham over top of yeah. it where they're spoiling the whole movie. and. Well, someone tried to, like, do... Someone did lip reading, and it's complete nonsense, what they're saying. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... You could not find the actual plot. It's just absolute, complete nonsense. I also loved... Uh, it's one of the craziest reveals I've ever seen in, like, entertainment was just Ryan Reynolds 
puttering about his apartment the whole time. He's like, well, we got one idea. Mm -hmm. Hugh, you want to come back? Yeah. Sure. Just in the background. What a reveal. I love that gag. So good. I love that gag where he's like, I love the gag where he's like, I have nothing. I I have no ideas. (laughs) You can just see in his face, there's an actor who's been in Hollywood for like over 10 years. And he's like, I got got nothing. Well, we do have one thing. Ew. What are you all reading? Want to come drink some aviation gin? It's his own gin, if you didn't know. Yep. Not sponsoring us, but you can, please. We would take it. Can. I've heard it's good. Yeah. From two people who've actually drank it. I don't know if it's in Canada, I'm being honest. All right. So the editing on this one will kill me again. But uh, yeah, overall, it was. uh, Overall, we're excited, I think. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I wasn't that excited. And then he told us what's coming out. And I was like, yeah. This is pretty just excited. Chap- this is just I also love one. that he made a point that said that, uh, like, Peacemaker 2 will happen. He just has no time because that's, he's now the CEO of the universe. So he's like, yeah. I know everyone loves this. I have no time. Yes. <laughs> so just be patient with me. John Cena, just wait. Don't hurt yourself. Don't, don't get hurt. Don't go to another WrestleMania, even though the wrestling fans would probably want you there. Just bear with me. But yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, all right. You can find me at Ryan Walker Official on Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube. And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at ThoughtPlay Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on this show. If you listen to us in audio, check out, your, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button or sharing if you enjoyed this. We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. See ya.